0: And when they were escaped, they knew that the island was called Melenta. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat, and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanging on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live." Here's my text verse. And he, Paul, shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said that He was a God. Verse 5 again. And He shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. I want to preach just for a while. Some things just got to shake off. Some things you just got to shake off. Let's go to the throne of grace. And ask the Lord to help us uh, tonight. Elijah, how about you praying? Heavenly Father, I ask you bless this service. I thank you so much for today and for the opportunity we've been here. I ask you to continue in touch and work with all the families that are here today, but can't be here. We love you and we praise you again and again. Amen. You be seated. The Apostle Paul and 275 others were sailing across the Mediterranean Sea. Paul's on his way to stand trial before Caesar in Rome. And when all of a sudden they encountered a horrendous storm that caused the ship literally to be broken all to pieces and they landed on a An island called Meletta, and they they jumped as the ship was just flying all to pieces, they jumped off the ship. Some swimming to shore, and others grabbing a hold of a piece of the ship, some on boards drifting to the island. But they all arrived safely, just like God had promised. As always, Paul began to do what he'd always done. And that was to serve. He got to looking for some sticks to build a fire. To offset the wet. Their, these men were wet and they were cold. And, and to offset that, they began they began to, to build a fire. And so uh, Paul gets to, joins the rest of them and, and gets to hunting some sticks to build a fire. And as he's doing this, he lays his sticks on the fire and a snake, viper, comes out and latches on, drives its, its uh, fangs into his hand and he's holding his hand up. I started to get a, a rubber snake. I had one and just uh, thought about it a little bit too late. But he helped that snake up. And um, he, he looks at it, and they're all sitting around, and they said, this dude's a murderer. And the sea didn't get him, so now vengeance is going to be done by our gods. And Paul did something, he just shook it off. Now, I know he's not bad this. Because if he'd been bad this, he would ah! throw it down and run. But he didn't. He just shook it off into the fire. And literally, no harm came to him. And you got to love this crowd. They said, well, he's not swelling up. He's not dying. Wow, he must be a God. One minute, he's a murderer. The next minute, he's a God. Kind of like people saying, boy, preacher, I sure love you. A week later, they're leaving the church and saying, I don't like him. You never know what people's going to say or do. And so all of a sudden, but Paul did something through this that I really want to draw your attention to. I I I couldn't have scripted it better. And while they're singing that song, Finish Well, Lord God just nailed this sermon down in my heart. And I said, Lord, that's just the way you do things. I could not have picked a greater song to sing, Brother Joy, than the song, Finish Well. Because Paul gives us here the great secret to finishing well. Now, listen, don't boo me out now. I love everybody in our church. I, I truly do. I'm, I'm everyone's pastor. However, I, I've had to accept something over the years. There's some folks going to give you Sunday morning. And that's all they're going to give you. Now now, now listen, I, I, I don't want to boo you out, but you can, you can drag them, beat them, push them, uh, beg them, go crazy yourself, but they're going to give you Sunday morning and that's about all they're going to give you. Now I'm thankful they come on Sunday morning. I appreciate that, I really do. But that's all they're going to do. That's all they're going to give you. And uh, I mean, they're just not. They're just not going to do more than that. And uh, and and that's okay. I I I load the wagon while they're here the best I can. And uh, now now I, I tell you, I'm much nearer than that. I, I need Sunday night. I need Wednesday night. I need every meeting I can get in on. I need every time to pray. I, I just need God all the time. Amen. Amen. Uh, maybe I, my wagon's too little. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm too needy. But whatever it is, they give you Sunday morning. I love these people, but that's all they're going to give you. They may or may not finish well. Statistics say, they won't finish well. The odds are, they won't finish well. The odds are, they'll be quitting God along the way, sometimes or another. Because, somehow or another, the reality of God has never got real in their hearts. And they never recognize the fact that, How much we need Him, and they've not never seen that. And it's always a constant competition, and it's, it's constantly a competition of God having to compete with, with their pleasures, with their feelings, with their things, what, what they want to do, and, and and all these other things, and we need to understand God, He's not going to compete with me or you. He'll bless you, or He doesn't have to, just depending on a lot of times and what we want. So, uh, the reality is, but for those here tonight, Wednesday night crowd, I believe you want to finish well. I believe you want to finish strong. I believe when the last amen said and Jesus comes... You want to be the least I can do. I may not be talented. I may not have this or that. I may not have a whole lot of things. But I want to be found faithful. I want to finish well for the cause of Christ. And Paul here gives us, ingrained in this story, how to do that. May I say, first of all, now... He had to learn to just shake some things off. May I tell you, say, first of all, he learned to shake off the storm. The storm. In Acts 27, and 1, and when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. They made up their mind that they're going to sail into Italy. Paul's headed to Rome. And uh, because of a, of a whole lot of delays, and I won't take the time to go through that tonight, but they, you, you, you read the passage, there's one delay after another after another. Uh, and, and it comes to a time that it becomes an a useless storm. In other words... It didn't have to happen. Notice the sound warning Paul gives. When much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them. He said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only to the laden and ships but also of our lives. Paul said, Boys, it's not a good time to sail. Not a good time to sail. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master of the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. He looked at Paul, he saw a prisoner, a missionary, and then he looked at the ship's captain. He's a successful businessman, and he chose the captain of the ship. And not knowing, not knowing that was going under, so he gave a sound warning. But it was a useless storm for another reason because of the soft winds. Don't you to listen? Boy, there's so much truth here. If we get it. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loose and dense, they sailed close by Crete. Paul said, fellas, ain't good time to sail. And the soft wind started blowing. And they said, See, that tells us God's in us a going. Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, it's never been a better day to sail. It's never been a better time to do what we're going to do. I mean, after all, after all, the soft south winds are blowing. And a lot of times... We'll purpose in the heart that we're going to do something, and we'll try. And, and we hear a word from the man of God, and we'll say, "No, I don't think y'all to do that." And then all of a sudden, we we were we the soft winds blowing, and, and we prosper. And we say, "Well, that old preacher must not know what he's talking about. I'm going to do what I want to do." Soft winds are blowing. And they're deceptive. How many have been lured by the soft winds of blowing? Especially in the teeth of advice given by the Apostle Paul. Too many times. See, for the believer, there's three factors, there's three factors that all be in place when we decide what we're going to do. First of all, there's that inner voice of conviction. Amen? Amen. That inner voice of conviction. Boy, I believe God wants me to do this. Number two, there's a normal reasoning process. Just a normal reasoning process. I love it. Boy, I believe, uh, some people's like, I I believe God's called me to to pastor a church. Hold it if if they called you. No, well, you know, maybe what God wants me. I had a man one time, and I love this man. He said, I believe I need a pastor in West Virginia. Have they called you? No, they ain't called me. Well, I, you might want to wait till they call you. You know, normal reasoning process. Number three, a general inner feeling of, and heart inclination. It's like this. Satan always pushes. God never does. Satan always acts on impulse. God never does. Satan says now or never. God never does. Classic example in the Bible is Naaman. 2 Kings 5, But Naaman was wroth and went away. and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand to the place and recover the leper. You realize Naaman almost lost, Naaman almost lost his miracle because he assumed he ought to do something he didn't do. I remember hearing Dr. House speak of a family. And he come and run, the family was really involved in the bus ministry and ministries in the church and well, they were very, very much involved. And the man comes and said, Brother House, said, We want to come by and tell you that uh, I've got a job offer in Texas. Now that was in Chicago, Hammond, Indiana. And he said, I've got a job offer in Texas. And uh it's a lot more money. And Brother House tried to talk to him and reason with him. And he just wasn't nothing doing. He said he just he just failed to. He could make a lot more money. He's a better job author. Boy, how many times? Are you listening? How many times? Boy, people mess up here. And all of a sudden, he had a lot more money, so they uprooted and went. About a year later, he got a call from a prison in Texas. He picked up the phone. They said, would you accept a call from such and such? He said, why, sure. He thought he was there doing witnessing. But he wasn't there to witness. He was an inmate. He got the job, got the money, but one day he got sick on the job, come home. Walked in the door, heard some giggling upstairs. Went upstairs and called his wife with another man. He grabbed his gun from the drawer and put four shots into him. And he was spending a lifetime in prison. I'll never forget, he said, Brother Hiles, I called you to ask you to do something. Everywhere, every place you possibly can. Warn people not to move because of money. Not to move because of money. It's amazing. See, the deciding factor ought to be the Word of God. And so it was a useless storm. It didn't have to happen. Not only that, but it's an unbelievable storm. Don't miss this. It's called a uroclodon. It's called uroclodon. It literally was this. It was our English word typhoon. It was a hurricane in the middle of that sea. Because the soft winds quickly turned to stormy winds. You see... The crew had to let the ship go because they couldn't steer it. First day, they wrapped ropes around it or chains to keep the hull from falling, from blowing apart. The second day, they threw everything they was everything overboard that they didn't absolutely have to have. Notice this, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. Wow. But then it was an unavoidable storm. Paul couldn't avoid it. But here, here's where this great man of God begins teaching you and I. A great truth. Oh, I hope you get this truth. Here's where he starts shaking off the storm. Right here's where he starts shaking it off. Because they've got no hope, but he does. They said, It's done. Paul says, No, we just started. They say we ain't got a chance. Paul said, "I've got all the chance in the world." See, one of the things he didn't do, that he did. And let me say this: I want, I need everybody. I want everybody for just a moment. Let's look at me. Paul never lost something here. Paul didn't lose. Paul maintained something. That the moment you lose, now listen, the moment you lose this, I guarantee you, you will not finish well. But if you'll maintain this, he never lost his servant spirit. They're crying, they're writing letters, they're screaming, they're crying, our hope has gone! And the apostle Paul's in the back room was saying, Okay, God, what, what do we need to do? How can I serve? He went from being the the prisoner to the captain in just one moment. When they didn't know what to do, he didn't know what to do. You know why? Because he kept that servant. Spirit, I want to help you right now. Don't you ever let anybody steal away from you that servant spirit. Because if you don't have a servant spirit, you got a selfish spirit. And you don't care about nobody but yourself. But if you keep a servant spirit, you'll look around and see the needs of everybody else. Amen. The apostle Paul looked around. He said, Man, he's, they're, they're, they're going crazy on me. Man, they're, they're worried. And after long absence, Paul stood in front of the midst of them and said, I love this. I, I, I tell you, he had to do it. There's enough Baptist preacher in him. He had to do this. He said, I told you, bless God, you shouldn't have went. He said, I, here's what he said. Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and I'm not loose from creed. I've gained this harm and loss. She said, "If you just listen to me, I guarantee you, are you listening? Are you listening? I guarantee you there'll be folks that if they just listen, just hear what God's got to say, they'll finish well every time. Amen. And those that don't, they won't struggle finishing well. They may not finish well in their marriage. They may not finish well with their kids. They not may not finish well in a whole lot of things, but you can finish well if, if you keep that servant spirit. After a long absence. What's Paul doing? Well, I tell you what he's doing. He's over scared to death. He's worried to death. He's wringing his hands. He's oh God. No, he ain't doing that. No. I tell you what Paul's doing. He's over there saying, well, God, I told that crowd they better not do that. But they wouldn't listen, Lord, so they're doing it anyway. So, Lord, what you want to do? You, you got to wait for us? He's over there praying. He's over there talking to the Lord. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer. He said, boys, cheer up. Cheer up. He said, quit poor-mouthing. Get your chin out of your shorts. Cheer up. Amen. He said, cheer up. He said, we're going to lose the ship. Gosh, I hate to tell you this. Boy, I hate to tell you this. Oh, I really hate to tell you this. I'm, not, I'm just not going to tell you. Oh, yes, I am. I hate to tell you this. But God ain't in love with your stuff. Right. That stuff he made the gods out of, he ain't in love with it. He not in love with that car and the house and this stuff. He, he just, he, he, he's not in love with that. He'll like blow your car up just, for, just to show you he's not in love with your car. But he might like my charger. I'm not sure. I think he probably likes my charger better than any of your cars. <laughs> but he, he not. He, 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 he's not. He don't love our stuff. He said, the ship is going down. He said, boys, cheer up. He said, every one of you are going to make it to the shore. Oh, he said, sir, cheer up. For I believe God. Hallelujah. I believe God. Do you believe God? then why do you act the way you do? Why are you just always in a tizzy? Why, why are you always falling apart? Do you believe God? Then why are you the saddest thing? You look. Uh, I, I'm honest with you. I've looked at Christians... And I've said to myself, I know I'm saved. Hallelujah. I know I'm saved. But I watched some and I said, my God, what you gave them to killing them. It's a killing them. God give them something else. It's killing them. God give them something to smile about, get excited about. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad to serve God. I enjoy serving God. What yes. some things we got? Isn't it amazing? We went, we took uh, Jaden. He's our last grandchild. And uh, youngest one, not the last one, the youngest one. Well, I don't know. They may, they may have 10, 20 more. I don't know. But we, it's, a, it's, our, it's our last one, <laughs> our youngest one. And he likes monster trucks. And so he said, Paul, will you take me to Monster Jam? I said, okay. And you know what? I We enjoyed watching them trucks jump up on that thing, go across there and land back. It's, it's exciting. We saw one turn over. That was even better. <laughs> <laughs> saw that. And I listened to people hollering and excited. Well, I was just sitting there, I got to thinking to myself, am I going to get this excited about God tomorrow? Isn't it amazing how we come to church? Well we gotta go to church. We to eat lights after there. I don't, don't grave the all like this. We grumble, we complain, we bury Come into church. Yet when it's something we want to do, we'll shout to the heavens. Got that thing backwards. Paul said Paul said, Be of good cheer. He never lost that servant spirit so he could just shake it off. he just shake it off. Oh, he shared the Word of God, 22 through 26. He warned them in 27 through 32. They, the crew had sounded. It's getting more shallow. They're getting closer to the shore. There's rocks. He warned them. He set a good example for them. Verses 33 through 38. He rescued them. Verse 39 through 44, he learned to shake off the storm. While they was talking about the storm, he's talking about the Savior. You didn't get that. So listen carefully. While they're talking about the storm, he's off somewhere praying. Comes back talking about the Savior. It'll help you. It'll help your world. Some of you quit talking about the storm. What are we going to talk about? Why don't you talk about the Savior? Why don't you talk about how wonderful the Savior is? Why don't you start talking about Him? He's altogether lovely. It's kind. He answered, "Once you talk about the Savior? What am I going to talk about? I'm worried about you. You don't know nothing about the Savior. You may not be able to talk about the Savior because you don't know the Savior. But if you know the Savior, you can talk about the Savior. You'll either talk about your storms or you're talking about the Savior. May I, t- may I say this? And we don't have much of it here. And I'm, and I'm just thankful. I know some people like it. You know, some people they get up. I just tell you, boy, the devil's just beating me to death. we the devil's best advertisement ever was. I hear that junk and I'm going say, what's wrong with you? Why are you letting Satan do that to you? I don't think we're going to go picking fights with him and calling him names. I don't think we're going to say, say, okay, say, come on, I'll take, I don't think we'll do stupid stuff like that. But I think this, he wouldn't have near as much a hold on our Ohio if we didn't advertise he has. If we would just simply say, God, boy, the devil's giving me a hard time this week. Tell him to go hunt somebody else. And believed God, and he believed God. He learned to shake off the storm. Number two, he learned to shake off the serpent. The storm, all of us have storms. But I want you to notice something here. As he goes into this, it looks... That servant spirit, by the way, he never lost it in the storm. So they're all on the shore. Somebody said, we ought to build a fire. It's cold. And Paul didn't say, well, hey, fellas, y'all go hunt some wood. Hey, you go hunt some wood. Hey, who's going to go hunt some wood? But Paul said, Where's that? So he started hunting sticks. Now I'm going to help you. He picks up a pile of them, and the serpent looks like a stick. All right. Yeah. Oh, this is not good for Sunday night, crowd. Especially you you're the faithful crowd. Not every Christian. They you can look like a Christian. You can put on the shirt and the tie and white shirt and dress nice and fix you. You can look like a Christian. It looked like a stick, just like all the other sticks. It looked just like them. But here's what brought it out: when they put it in the fire. Don't get ahead of me now. I'm preaching. When they put it in the fire, it divides the stakes that encourage and warm and bring warmth to people till the serpent will come out in them and bite you. I I've been pastoring now twenty going on my twenty sixth year. In October it'll be twenty six years. I I gathered enough sticks. They looked like sticks. They looked like they'd be a blessing. They looked like they'd going to bring warmth. Till things started heating up around the house of God, and when the fire started burning in my soul. I found out when they got close to the fire. Up! you. And if you stay, if you work, if you stay serving God and finish well, you've got to learn just to shake that mess off. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because you're saved... Doesn't mean that you cannot be as mean as a junkyard dog. Right. Right. We shouldn't be that way. But we shouldn't. Yeah. Christian people ought to be the kindest, yeah. sweetest By the way, you don't have to be that way. Right. But I promise you, I've met some cantankerous, ill. Yeah. They're not mean to the devil because nobody can be meaner to the devil cantankers, complainers. And I'm going to tell you something. They don't have to be that way. Why? But if you just understood why are you still holding on to the storm? Then you got to learn to take some snake bite and just shake it off. How many? Oh, I, I probably should... I, I'm just going to be good tonight. I had a nap today. I feel very good. (laughs) I do. I don't usually get a nap on Sunday, but I did today. I want to ask you, how many of you have ever had church members? Sweet, kind, loving church members just gut you and hurt your feelings. How many? You tell That old battle my nonsense in. <laughs> why did they do that? You have to, if you finish well, you've got to learn shake that mess off. You just gotta turn loose. Yeah. I'm I'm amazed. You know why some of you are miserable in your marriage? She said 20 years ago and I ain't got over it yet. Lord, gosh, he's dead, son, 20 years ago, and I ain't got over it yet. Lord, I love Brother Lockie. We went to a marriage retreat, and the man before us said, Me and my wife's been married 11 years, and we've never had a fight. He was next. He said, Me and Miss Lockie's been married 50 years tomorrow. And we ain't had a fight today But today ain't over yet (laughs) I love that You gotta shake that mess off You can't hold on to that stuff My goodness Don't get me wrong Don't get me wrong Don't leave tonight saying I think I'm making light I I, I would to God Nobody ever got hurt in church But odds are you're going to You know we all have a bad day I said, we all have a bad day. Don't look at me like you don't have a bad day. Let me ask somebody close to you. They may tell me that you, no, they have a whole slew, they don't have a bad day. They have a bunch of them. The truth of the matter is, we've just got to shake that mess off. But here's the third one, and this one, I I believe, trips up more people than the storm. Or the serpents. I think this one messes more people up. You got to shake off status. Man, this dude, he must be a murderer. Waiting on him to swell up and kill over. They're just waiting. Paul shook it off, and they're just standing there all waiting. He's going to swell in a minute. He's going to die. Paul just sitting there. Smiling. Probably telling somebody how good Jesus was to him. And they said. Hey. Hey. He's swelling. Hey. He's dying. Oh. He must be a God. Oh. <laughs> Instead of watching, let's get, do this number. <laughs> he must be a God. He went from a murderer to a God in just one minute. Let yeah. Status will kill you. I don't care what your position is. Well, I'm a Sunday school teacher. Bless God, I just say, what? How do No. You're first a servant. If you keep the servant right, the status won't mean much. The status won't mean much. I got one, two, three, four preachers here tonight. Five. Five. I guarantee you, any one of them could get up here tonight and do a better job. It's just my lot to get the privilege to do it. When we start getting status, we start getting position, start getting power, when we start getting prestige, we got a title now. My name's on the sign. My name's on the door. My name's on the desk. When we start getting that, you're fixing, the devil's fixing to take you down the road that you won't come back from. him. We have to understand that we just, if you want to finish well and you want to finish strong, one day a lady gets off at a train station. She's taking her daughter to enroll him, re-enroll her into, to his school. Dr. Moody, Dale Moody had school for young women. And um, when they got there at the train station and unloaded their luggage, an old man drove up in a buggy, horse and buggy, and they thought him to be just a cabbie. And they ordered him to get their, get their luggage and put it up on the... On, on the buggy and to take them to Moody school. Well, the cabbie just jumped down. He got all the older luggage, put it up on there, made them comfortable, covered them up, drove them to the school. He said, sir, how much will you don't owe me a thing? Don't owe me a thing. To the shock and amazement when he got into school, This cabbie walked in behind and introduced himself as D.L. Moody. They were amazed that he was the leader, and he would do that. Me and Darlene was just young, just so young. One summer we went to up the right Texas thing, Fourth of July Jubilee afterwards, they fed us barbecue. Me and her got in line. And Ralph Sexton Sr. was in front of us. He started down the line. He reached and got a plate. He put some stuff on it, some barbecue and some beans, and he handed it to me. He got another plate and he put some barbecue and some beans, handed it to Darlene. Then he got his food. That's been 30 years ago. And I still remember that old man, I was thinking, we ought to be serving you, but you're serving us. If you want to finish well and you want to finish strong, Joy, I'm so thankful. You obeyed God and sang that song tonight. If you want to finish well and you want to finish strong, because here's the secret Paul, Paul did something. In the same quarter, verse number seven, were possessions we're possessed of the chief man of the island, whose name was Plubus, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came pass that the father of Plumbrus laid sick of a fever and a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered and prayed and laid his hand on him and healed him, his servant. His servant. When he was done others also which had disease in the island came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors and were when we departed, they laid us with such things as were necessary. After the storm, the servant, and the status, Paul just went back to serving. What he did from the beginning, he did all the way through it. You lose that servant spirit. You're setting yourself up to be a miserable person and a miserable life. That word selfish, it's got an unusual meaning. It means a self-hail. That's what the word means—a self-hail. Oh, may we not lose the servant spirit here in this church? May you not lose? May I not lose that servant spirit? That's all stand our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed.